Welcome to Teaching, Reading, and Writing, the official podcast of the Literacy Research Center and Clinic at the University of Wyoming. Connecting, supporting, and expanding literacy instruction within Wyoming and around the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Teaching, Reading, and Writing, the official podcast of the Literacy Research Center and Clinic at the University of Wyoming. I'm your host, Lee Hall, and today we have with us Erin Silcox. Erin, welcome, and thank you for being here. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Erin is working on her PhD in literacy education at the University of Wyoming, where she focuses on the intersection of trauma and literacy. And in this episode, we're going to be talking with Erin about trauma-informed literacy practices and the importance of sanctioning tough topics in the classroom. So Erin, I'm hoping you can get us started. Can you tell everybody, you know, what exactly is a trauma-informed literacy practice? Yeah, that's an interesting question and one that I had to parse through myself, um, which I did a lot of work on over the summer and in the fall doing a ton of research um, because it's not that well established. Uh, But what I found is that researchers and literacy teachers alike are are doing work that they might not actually realize is trauma-informed literacy instruction, but that uh, um, whether they know it or not, sometimes they do purposely do this, but sometimes they don't. And um, a trauma-informed literacy practice is when when educators apply the tenets of trauma-informed practices to literacy instruction. And those include things like, um, and it's, there are several definitions of trauma-informed practices, but the three main things that I focus on are a practice that's going to support the recovery of a trauma-affected student, um, one that's going to give students agency. Trauma is a is a, an event in life that can render somebody um, with a sense that they don't have control, and so trauma-affected students really need that control in the classroom. And then... Um, these practices also avoid re-traumatizing trauma-affected students and also attend uh, to the ways that that some traditional educational practices, particularly in the United States, have the ability to or the potential to cause trauma or um, just cause situations that aren't supportive of, of students' full humanity. So... Um, Examples of trauma-informed literacy practices that I've come across that I've I've read a lot about include um, something called testimony and witness. And testimony and witness is when um, it's it's something that Elizabeth Dutro, who is a literacy researcher, has done a lot of work on. And it's it's a practice where in her research, she has teachers share hardships that they've come across in life to welcome students' own stories of hardship and students act as witnesses. And then the teacher witnesses um, if students decide to share their own hardship. And so basically it's it's welcoming that trauma story into the classroom. Another practice is uh, including trauma literature in instruction, so literature on things like death and grief, things like immigration, incarceration, and other taboo topics. And then finally, some of the research on 
trauma-informed literacy include just looking at the ways that traditional practices can sort of stifle the recovery of trauma-affected youth? Okay, so if I'm understanding you right, then like a trauma-informed literacy practice, you well, you talked about the tenants. You talked about them having tenants. And then are those tenants the things that you name like supporting recovery, giving students agency and avoiding re-traumatization? Yeah. Are those, okay, those are the tenants. Okay, so then really, right, trauma-informed literacy practices, you're taking into account, mm-hmm. right, some of these exper- things, experiences that your students have had. And you're, you're using literacy as a way to support their recovery while also helping them, right, sort of refine their voice, right, and take control yeah. over, you know, their learning. I mean, yeah. other things, I'm sure, as well, but over their learning, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then this part about sanctioning tough topics in the classroom, which is what we're going to hone in on today. If you could maybe talk with us a little bit about that, sort of share what that is and, and why it's important mm-hmm. to do that kind of work. Yeah. So if, um, if students are, are shown that their lived experiences uh, are inappropriate for school, for instance, if they've had... Um, one research study looked at a a child who wrote about domestic violence and then they had a poetry read aloud with the community, sort of a coffee shop kind of thing. Somebody in the audience was really thrown, thrown off by the fact that the student was sharing such tough um, uh, content Mm -hmm. in an educational atmosphere. The teachers sort of fought back against that, with um, that, you know, that audience member and said, well, if in the study showed that when the teachers allowed students to write about their traumatizing experiences, students were able to use literacy in its full potential or or to a great extent to help them to make meaning of their lives and their lived experiences. um, And then to, to be able to sort of rewrite their story and become agentic. So become in control of their own trauma story. And so that's sort of one reason it's like, we want to, we want to enhance the potential of literacy to help these students make the most of their lived experiences. And um, if, if we don't allow that in, like if we were to listen to that audience member and take what they said really seriously and say, well, okay, we can't talk about these things in school, he's right, then students will not bring their full lived experience into the classroom. And they're going to uh, screen what they say, they're going to censor themselves. And they're going to sense that school really is a very objective and Um, clear cut and sort of black and white place where only really academic things are are important and where the personal and the private um, really don't don't exist and shouldn't be there. And so what then happens is when we don't sanction these things, when we say, no, that's not appropriate for school, then the students are going to become less likely to share what they've experienced. And therefore you lose so much 
uh, potential for content for something for them to write about. And so you, you just lose a lot of, I guess the word I keep coming back to is potential of, of creativity and, um, what's another word, just interest and, and feeling like what they're writing about is important. And so, so, oh, sorry. I was just going to say then, then what happens when you do welcome these topics is studies are seeing that students are really um, improving, believe it or not, improving their writing. They're improving their uh, relationships with teachers. The classroom community is becoming much more closely knit and students start to feel like they can trust their teacher and their peers and, and they share a lot more. It sounds like a really important aspect of this, if you're sanctioning tough topics, is not just being okay with the topic as a a teacher, but it's really also about forming a strong, trusting relationship with these students, right? So that they know that they can, that they can write about these things. They know that they can explore these things. They know that you know, they're not going to be judged on the topic as a teacher, you might, you know, try to work with them to sort of dig into things or provide mm-hmm. more details or, you know, do things around writing instruction with issues of clarity or grammar or organization, yeah. right? But not the topic itself. Is that fair to say? Uh, so are you saying that we're not using the trauma as we're not? So maybe this, I believe this is what you're saying. Like teachers aren't therapists. We're not bringing in their trauma so that we can work through it with them. Right. We're saying this is welcome here. We're yes. not, we're, we're not telling you, you can't write about this anymore. Yes. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's yes. That's what I'm saying too. Right. We're yeah. saying you it's, but it requires a relationship. Yes. So you have to build with that student. So the student knows that you really do mean that. Yeah. And when you do interact around that, whatever text, let's say they produce, mm-hmm. it's really going to be around writing conventions. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah, yeah, you're right. We're not, it's not about therapy. That's absolutely not what it's about. So you've got two ways that teachers can go about sanctioning these tough topics mm-hmm. in the classroom. What, what, what are they? What can teachers do? Uh, teachers can do two things that are things that take a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of maybe discomfort. One is um, incorporating their own hardships with clear boundaries and saying, this is something that happened to me in my life that was really challenging and in sharing maybe through uh, a write aloud where they're modeling writing and they're explaining this story that happened to them. You know, this might be something where maybe their grandfather died last weekend and they're very vulnerable with it and it might evoke tears. The teacher might cry in front of the students and that's the idea. It's saying we are human and we experience emotion and this is, this is human emotion and it's welcome here. So that's one way. And so before you go on to the second way, that way though, right. To get back to this relationship building, right. Like if you, as a teacher and you don't have to cry, but you might, right. right? You might have some tears. Nobody's saying like you have this breakdown, but, but right. Like if you're just being vulnerable and sharing a a difficult time and it doesn't, you know, there's a continuum of what that could look like. So you pick where you're comfortable coming in, just like a student would, Mm -hmm. um, right. That can also, right. Build that relationship and show students that want to write about these tough topics that you are serious about, you know, at least making the space they can choose if they enter that space, but you are serious about that space. Exactly. And to reiterate, um, a point that you're making, 
you're not telling the students they have to write about tra- their right. trauma. It's, right. it's welcoming it and it's making space for it. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then I think a really important caveat is again, you're not a therapist and you're not, not digging. And so you're not going in and saying, people call it being a trauma detective. You're mm-hmm. not digging for trauma. That's right. not the point. Right. We're saying we're, we're, these things are welcome in the classroom. You can write about them because when you know that you can write about them in the classroom, um, you're going to write better. <laughs> right. There's, there's, right. There's benefits, there's a whole host yeah. of benefits that yeah. you, that you've said that can happen. And, think, and you're just, yeah. your humanity is welcome. There's more to it than just the writing sure. achievement, but that's a, you know, we're not talking about digging for trauma and solving, you right. know, recovery anyway. Yes. Yeah, so your, your second way then that's one, that one, that's one way that being vulnerable and yeah. maybe doing a write aloud and, and, and that sort of thing. What's the, what's the second way? And I, and I would characterize the first way as maybe a demonstration okay. of vulnerability and what it looks like for our students. Um, and the second one is bringing literature on, on those hardships in life and saying this stuff is okay to talk about here. Um, and, and examples include, you know, I've Matt De La Pena is like my favorite uh, YA lit author. And he writes about students who are in uh, residential treatment, perhaps, or a group home, and they, they maybe run away and then tackle their quote unquote demons with whatever it might be with relationships with other people when they run away with, um, I don't think it was literature. I think it was sports. Like they, they use certain things in life to overcome their challenges and sort of gain clarity about what happened to them and where they want to go in life. And then, um, I read another book. I have it right here. It's by Jarrett Krasa, Krasoski, <laughs> I think something What's like that. Title? Yeah. Um, it's called Hey Kiddo. And it's a graphic novel on, um, a child whose mother is addicted to heroin. And so she's mm-hmm. out of the picture and he lives with his grandparents and it, he doesn't know his father. And so he, he kind of goes through those hardships within the book. And again, it shows sort of clarity coming through uh, hardships, but also not necessarily clarity and not necessarily closure, but just like, these are the things that we live through. And these are real things that happen in life. And then finally, just um, some of the topics that I think are taboo, but that are really close to home for a lot of kids in this country are incarceration, mm-hmm. immigration, death and grief. Um, those are the ones I kind of come back to a lot. And then ones that I think really are imperative to tackle as well are, are books that deal with uh, the experiences of racism and, mm-hmm. and any ism, any um, sort of oppression, oppression and oppressive right. uh, experience that people go through. And so, you know, if you're thinking about putting books like this in your classroom, yeah. right? Like, it, we're not saying, hey, every you have to have everybody read, a, like, do a whole, you know, read aloud. You could do a read aloud and yeah. discuss. You could, you know, do book clubs. You could yeah. obviously, like, assign the same book to everybody. But you could also just have these kinds of books available in a classroom library. So it's really about kind of understanding where you are as a teacher with mm-hmm. this, too, because you're you might be getting comfortable with this as well, right? And how you introduce this and how you sort of get it integrated into your classroom. There's a, again, a continuum that you might operate on. Is that fair to say? Very much so. Okay. Yeah. And I just, oh, mm-hmm. no, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say there, there are a lot of studies out there that maybe not a lot of studies, but I've read, I know in particular one um, very 
important study in my mind um, showed that teachers are pretty uncomfortable with trauma in the classroom. And that's okay. And hardship. That's okay. We're, and not, okay. we're not, we're not used to, to that right. necessarily. Yeah. 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 And it goes against the quote unquote identity kit of what it means to be a teacher, which is like being in control and knowing what's going to happen at every turn and, and being really mostly like in control of what's happening with the time. Mm-hmm. And when this stuff comes and up, yeah. in the topic. And when this stuff comes up, you lose control. And you that's can. what we, yeah, you can. <laughs> Good yeah. point. You don't know. It doesn't go. You don't know. I think that's yeah. the thing, right? You don't know. And if you've really, never done this yeah. before, you're not going to have a, yeah. you know, something to say, oh, I've read, use this book. And this is what kids usually talk about. And this is where yeah. they usually struggle. You're not yeah. going to have a framework. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I just think the important part is it's unpredictable and any um, apprehension, apprehension you have is really normal. And you're not alone. <laughs> but yeah. the last and, thing I would say is that um, just be aware of the resources in your school and make sure that if you are doing something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, make sure that other people um, know so they're not caught off guard and they don't come in and say, what are you doing? <laughs> right. And then and then make sure that you have the support of the mental health uh, practitioners in your school so that you can go to them if you have issues or if your students have issues and uh, make sure that you don't feel like you're doing it alone and like, don't feel like you're being super subversive. Take steps to avoid that feeling. And, and on that note, you have a website and a blog that is targeted for this kind of instruction where mm-hmm. you translate research right into this subject and you offer different resources and tools that teachers can use. And yep. so I'm going to put a link to that in the description for this episode so that anybody that you know, wants to access it, you know, and get in touch with you through that, you know, they, they can absolutely do that. But, you know, Erin, thank you so much for being with us today. It was very informative. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks Lee. Yeah. And so this concludes another episode of teaching, reading, and writing. Please join us next time.